And we're back on another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal conversation about Star Trek. And today we're focused on Star Trek Discovery's newest episode, Perpetual Infinity, 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 Infinity. Okay, so why did you stop me? <laughs> I, was, I was curious to see how, how, long how many, would, if you would go into per, perpetual, what would be the word? Perpetual, pu, perpetual. <laughs> Perpetualness, whatever the, the right word is. Perpetuosity, yeah. perpetuosity. Something like that. <laughs> I love that Hello, episode gentlemen. title though. Perpetual infinity. Like, don't you don't you hear that and just think like, yeah, there should be an episode of Star Trek called Perpetual Infinity. <laughs> I'm joined I'm joined today by Steve Fothery and PJ. Hello, welcome back, gentlemen. Thank you. I think it's awesome that you're both dressed in black, like black hats and black shirts. Did you guys did you guys coordinate at all, or is it just oh, a way to know? It's just a a fat guy way to uh, it's a slender eyes. So <laughs> well, that's exactly uh, right. You know, I got that from Ricky Gervais. He's like always wear black at slimming. And I'm overweight. Yeah, and then Johnny Johnny Cash had that had that song "Man in Black" like for all the uh, the old school outlaw country fans out there. Oh, nice. Well, I'm overweight too, but I have camera angle. I have like a top down camera. I'm doing the worst thing ever. I'm doing the bottom up camera. (laughs) So we all have our tricks. That's cool. Um, Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, I uh, I want I'm going to try to do the summary really quickly, like you did last week, Father. Unless anyone wants to like really really do the summary, I'll do it. Okay, you. I'll let I'll let you do it unless PJ wants wants to. No, you go ahead. All right. All right. So I'm going to time you. (laughs) <laughs> How, what was your record it was like four minutes six I minutes actually, i actually went like a little longer than normal um i, oh, okay, I, don't, I so. think mine might have been closer to eight minutes than six minutes but i, I try to i try to keep them i try to keep them all down under six minutes all right so here we go <clears throat> okay engage so, last week we found out that the uh time traveler in the time traveler suit I refuse to call it the Red Angel. Uh, is Doctor Burnham, Doctor Gabriel Burnham, who is uh, Michael Burnham's mother, and uh, everyone was like, <gasps> or some people were like, duh. And then this week <laughs> we get to really know her, and apparently, uh, she uh, when the Klingons attacked uh, uh, on Doctori Alpha, yeah, on Doctori Alpha, um, she came up with a plan that she would just go one hour back in time and warn herself I, I imagine or or the family or something and so that way they could escape before getting there but the suit or some kind of malfunction happened had other plans and it took her to 950 years into the future and she couldn't get back she could hop back in time uh but she couldn't um she couldn't stay there she could just uh, the suit just keeps pulling her back to this one point uh 950 years in the future so she starts utilizing uh the suit to uh do a couple things one is to save her daughter but the other thing is she realizes in the future that all sentient life is destroyed by the control ai which has kind of taken over and decided that that was the best thing to do so in the federation at least in the alpha and beta quadrants uh there there are many planets that are uh totally destroyed uh, eradicated earth looks like you know just a, ro- a lifeless rock um so she ends up uh 
finding a planet that still hasn't been discovered by the control AI, which later we find we find out is Terra Elysium. She makes her camp there and she does all kinds of shenanigans across time and space, including saving people from World War III who later become the Terra Elysians, who she says are thriving in the future. So very interesting stuff there. Uh, anyways, uh, uh, she's jaded and she's crazy and she's kind of angry all the time and she doesn't want to see her daughter. She tells Captain Pike that she has to get back to uh, manipulating the timeline to stop the control AI and that he has to destroy. The only chance that they have is to destroy the archive data from the sphere. And uh, we also find out that she like put the sphere in Discovery's path in order to you know protect that data, but obviously control still gets a hold of it. So uh you know she doesn't want to speak to her daughter for whatever reason she doesn't want to meet her until she's actually destroyed control ai and 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 so that she can be reunited with her properly i guess and um and captain pike decides you know what we're gonna try anyways because we need to do something and we have to stop all the all this uh so he sends burnham down they reconcile they kind of reunite uh have a have a mother daughter like you know spat and then love situation going on and uh, Burnham comes up with Burnham and the team come up with this clever plan to uh, put the control, a, uh, the sorry, the uh, sphere data into the suit and then send it in, way into the future where it would be in a continuous loop uh, so that control couldn't reach it. And then they would use dark matter energy to beam Dr. Burnham out of time back to the present and Bob's miracle. Uh, everything will be okay. But Leland, who's been infected by the control AI uh, uh, through these nano uh, probes or whatever, nano nano technology, um, is up to his own shenanigans. And he plots to steal the uh, sphere data. Uh, and he's unsuccessful when he gets Ash Tyler to try. And then he's also unsuccessful when he gets uh, Emperor, Emperor Giorgio to try. So he decides to take matters into his own hands uh, he thinks, or he severely wounds Ash Tyler, goes down to the planet, kicks Giorgio's ass in an awesome fight scene, I have to say. But <laughs> uh, but ultimately, though he doesn't get all the sphere data, he's able to retrieve quite a chunk of it, um, even manages to escape when Burnham uh, saves the rest of the crew by beaming out and uh, destroying the uh, base. Uh, and then Ash Tyler jettisons himself into a from in an escape pod and control the control AI Leland and the section 31 ship just leave. And that's it. The episode's over. Good job. That was five minutes. Yes. <laughs> and it was good. It wasn't bad, right? Like I got all the, major no, that, that was uh, perfect. I think you hit uh, every, every beat that was yes. uh, necessary <laughs> for that plot. Just uh, one thing real, real quick. The word I was trying to think of earlier was perpetuity. Oh, perpetuity! Of course, that's yeah. a great word. So no one has to like comment and like tell me that's what it that's what it was because I figured it <laughs> out. So. Audience, comment anyway. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, uh, I really liked this episode. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I liked kind of the temporal stuff. I liked that. Uh, uh, I made a comment on Instagram that uh, Dr. Burnham is not the doctor who I asked for, but is the doctor who I wanted. All <laughs> so... Do doctor isn't like Doctor Who? 
Yeah, as in like Doctor Who. I think she's yeah, like the Doctor Who of Star Trek. She's she is a a time traveler. <laughs> she's a time traveler. So, she she's time traveled so much that she might be a time lady. <laughs> I I love I love the character of of Gabrielle Burnham, or as I as I called her on my podcast, Mama Burnham. Mama Burnham. She is but, Mama Burnham. Um, and I thought the acting was so damn good between the actress playing her, who is on the the wire, I believe, but her name is a uh, Sonia Son, if I'm saying it correctly. It's like I believe Korean so. Korean last name, I think. Um, like S O N or S O H N, and the chemistry between her and Sonequa Martin Green, I thought was uh, really fantastic, and and some of the the best acting discoveries ever had. I have to agree with that. I also like that they look like they could be mother and daughter, like the, the casting in uh, just on a visual appearance level yeah. was yeah. spot on. And a little cool thing that I found out, uh, Burnham's father is actually Sonequa Martin Green's husband. Husband. <laughs> so that was I like... <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that until like uh, last night I read that somewhere. So I, it, he... I, I didn't include that information in, in my podcast, which is going live shortly today you have a chance to do an addendum Um, (laughs) (laughs) i already have it already have it uploaded so oh gosh okay that's fun um yeah so that was that was cool too i really liked finally seeing the uh the the actual events of uh of their supposed murder um by the klingons and like uh (laughs) pj shaking his head Uh, jump in pj PJ, tell us us why you don't like that because I think you know, I think I know where you're coming from. Yeah, Michael Burnham has described this event in detail to where you can actually imagine what was going on, and this doesn't jive with those established facts. But uh, that's because she, season two is a reboot. No, she she <laughs> acknowledges that though in this episode when she's in the the hospital bed at the very beginning. And they're telling her, yeah, your mom is down on the planet. And she says, like, no, she died. I heard her die. So what I think might happen is I don't think we've seen the last of Mama Burnham. I think oh, no. somehow she's she's going to return and she's going to end up. Maybe uh, she has to give, like, the Red Angel suit to, to Michael. And she's like, I, I got to go back and die then. Oh, uh, you just suit. gave me the fucking goosebumps of my life. That is what's going to happen. I'm so sad now. Case, oh my God. Case, why does Michael Burnham remember it the way she does in season one? It's just like. Because, it, because she won't have the suit. She won't have yeah. the suit till now. Like, see, it's like. <laughs> So she, of course, she remembers it that way because that's how it happened until she gets the suit. It's a paradox. The, but the, still. You, know, you know what? You know, can I just say one thing? If I were, if I were in charge of completely rebooting and like taking over and starting from scratch the entire Star Trek franchise, I would avoid at all costs time travel. It is a literary plot device that is wonderful. And even Back to the Future doesn't make any sense. But anytime you think about it and anytime it's used, it's it's just so confusing and they can never fully explain it. Michael Burnham's mom has gone back so many times to change the past. On top of that, she has the power to heal people who are dead or recently dead. Uh, she has the power to transport mass amounts of people way across the galaxy. Uh, she says she's living and on ter- and, 
and through time no no she doesn't care yeah. transport them through time that's right yeah but she, she's living on terry elysium where she says in her present 900 year 950 years in the future uh they're thriving so apparently control overlooks technology there the suit She's is a... magical i'll give you that like the suit yeah. is totally magical i'll give you that yeah. like uh but but it does uh stamets does state in this episode that it has some kind of like crazy energy capacity um because of the way the time crystal works so yeah. it could it could be that like they'll further just you know they'll further de give us some more details about how the suit works the only the only explanation for this advanced suit which would basically eliminate starfleet altogether it's that advanced i mean no. you can <laughs> but what I, I i got an explanation for it okay go ahead all right cool Be because the suit only worked when they needed like two incredibly rare things and they needed both of them they needed the time crystal, and they also needed a supernova to power it up. And her suit is only at seventy percent power from the the supernova. Yeah. So um, it's I, yeah, I agree. Like the suit is just seems like capable of everything and anything. Uh, <laughs> however, it's like it, it kind of makes sense that we don't see this replicated because you had like these two super rare items that you had to have both of. It is true. I think that the Red Angels can appear in uh, Avengers Endgame and uh, solve the problem uh, of Thanos. Yeah, her, her and Ant-Man. <laughs> there is an Ant-Man vibe to it, isn't there? Well, there's, um, the, there's all the memes going around now of, uh, of Ant-Man attacking Thanos by going up, <laughs> going up his butt. <laughs> oh, jeez. And uh, Dr. Burnham can help in that. For sure. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. I like the idea of, of like the yo-yo time travel where she can't permanently stay at any time. She she is getting yanked back. I think that was a a good limitation to put on it. But yeah, other she, other than that, she seems capable of, of damn near anything. Yeah, like how is she able to watch her daughter's life in in invisible? Like, you know, she's I, the go she, like it's almost as if like when Scrooge goes back in time with the ghosts and like they can't perceive you know modern day scrooge so like yeah you can time travel but they can't perceive you like, it's, I mean, it, it, is said... a little, it is a little weird uh because but i imagined that the most likely explanation for that is that she was able to find mission logs and video footage and things like that uh somehow to yeah. watch it because obviously we didn't i mean like they would detect like gravimetric distortions and like temporal you know wakes and stuff like that like it wouldn't be a she couldn't just in, do it invisibly so i imagine that's what she and and she seems a little nutty like a little crazy to me like someone someone <sighs> on uh in yeah well someone on i mean someone on instagram posted something about like oh she talks about time as being alive and stuff like that i'm like well she's been on this kind of like robinson caruso castaway a la castaway style adventure where she's basically on alone all alone in the future right like it's not no, healthy yeah it's not healthy, not, not so, healthy and not only that she she doesn't even look at she says she's changed the timeline so much and she doesn't seem to care or give a shit about that. Like that's in and, in and of itself to me, that seems like a really destructive and irresponsible thing to do because who knows, like if she's actually the one responsible for the AI getting 
you know, smarter because she started doing messing with the timeline in the first place. So there's like all these like questions that arise, but she doesn't seem to think of it that way. She seems to genuinely think that she's the only one that can save, you know, uh, the galaxy. And I don't think, so I think she's like gone a little crazy. She's doing the Michael Burnham thing where she takes all the responsibility, all the guilt upon her own shoulders. And so Michael is seeing a a reflection of that behavior. Very nice. That's very deep. That's deeper than we usually get on Starfleet. Boy. <laughs> the tree doesn't grow far from the apple. <laughs> yeah, close enough. But the idea of her like going back in time and monitoring her kid, you know, like I, I do wish they would explain the details on that a little bit more. But we we have been told that the only person who could really uh, communicate with her was Spock. And I don't think we've had anyone else see the Red Angel in person other than saru with his kelpian eyes and you know michael saw kind of a almost there almost not their vision of her in the first episode of the season brother i guess that world war three camera had had footage of her but you know it might be something that yeah the red angel is kind of like outside our normal perception so it might be it might be pretty easily easy for her to appear to witness an event but not be um viewable herself i like how they explain the uh I like how they explain the uh, Terralesium stuff. Yeah. So that, that, like, what, okay, she has the capability to do that, but whatever, magical stuff might be explained, might not be explained. But the fact that they went through the trouble to explain that, here's the problem. She says that Terralesium was overlooked, no pre existing technology. For one thing, they did have some technology there. But to assume that control eventually, overlooks every planet in the entire galaxy that doesn't it doesn't have technology yet means that this idea that control will let wipe out all sentient life in that galaxy like the whole galaxy does not make any sense because you would have a a abundance of life still left that would eventually evolve too well, or, we know we know that there are humans or other types of life forms around because of Calypso, right? Like, so yeah, I guess control does it, controls real beef is with the Federation. It seems because they don't even mention if the Klingons are destroyed or if the Romulans. There, there's are destroyed. about uh, there's literally about ten times in the show so far where they've said all sentient life. They should be yeah, saying most. That's true. But they're that's they're true. assuming it's every single thing, and we're only learning now that. No, a good portion of the galaxy. Who's to say that most of the galaxy uh, that has life on it uh, is the kind that's not developed yet? So therefore, like the minority of the galaxy could have been eliminate, eliminated depending on how many actually like warp capable or advanced civilizations there are in the entire mm. galaxy. They keep saying the galaxy, right? So I agree. Like, I agree with that. That is a little, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and and Michael Burnham's mother even says to Pike, like, you're a ghost to me. Uh, the, the trillions upon trillions of yeah, lives. Hundreds of trillions. It's like, it's not consistent within itself. And the show has a, I think, has a problem with internal continuity. So, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it's true. It's hard. It's hard to say if they're being true to their word with that when i think we still haven't seen everything 
uh, we haven't gotten all the answers they're going to give us on that on that galactic wide genocide. Like we still honestly don't even know why control w would want to kill all the organic life. Like it's never said that. Uh, yeah, like I, I got to kill all the all the biologicals. Like that's, no, that's never that, come up. That was that was uh, completely explained in one line in this episode uh, when control basically. I I don't remember the exact wording, uh, but. This old trope, this tired, you know, uh, afraid of technology, you know, technology is going to be evil. If we ever create an AI that's so advanced, it's going to eventually realize that human beings and organic life is the problem in the universe. So, therefore, we must eliminate it. It's so old. Like Ultron? But every, Terminator. You could have you so many examples. Like this, this season or where it's going is taking from so many different areas of other sci-fi and piecing it together and saying, no, this is Star Trek. And but don't I get you it. Think, I but, get that. Don't you think that like that fear, because that fear has been going on for like a long time. Uh, don't you think it's like an interesting thing to explore though? And like, well, uh, we've, we've been down that road so many times. If you're a science fiction fan, yeah. you've, you've seen that time and time again. And when a new show, uh, does the same old, same old kind of thing, and now they're tying it in with this apparent Borg origin. Well, Probably, I don't know that. Maybe I, I don't, don't know, know that. I, I've been I thinking about the Borg know. thing. I've been thinking about the Borg thing, and like I didn't mention in the summary because, like, yes, while there are similarities to the Borg and you know, like the the black veins and like the you know the the way the that nanites, it all, the green light. nanites and stuff like yeah, the nanos, the nanites or whatever, etc. I don't uh was it you fathery or someone who said that like but the the but the borg's mission is like to assimilate life like not necessarily to destroy it right, right. so so the like control is now learning by assimilating leland sorry to cut you off but that's what's happening here it's in uh, the assimilation PJ of leland froze. it's discovering that you... maybe it doesn't need to destroy all sentient life like th this this whole thing about destroying sentient life isn't going to happen in yeah, the it, in the tos timeline they established a lot of people think this is going to be a variation on a timeline like this like they've tricked us like this whole time what we've seen is not the real timeline and that spock will somehow forget that he had a sister which is bullshit because you don't need to explain why spock didn't mention his sister because there are a lot of siblings and a lot of shows and tv shows and movies who don't mention their siblings and you could write a narrative or a sequel where they explore that they have a sibling and it would mean shit that they didn't never mention them. So this argument that Spock needs to forget, or we need to eliminate Michael Burnham, I don't think is going to work out. I think this is the, this is the timeline that is meant to be by the end of this season, everything will be resolved. And I think fans, I guess may truly see that, Oh, this is the real deal. This is, leading into well, true TOS. I, I just I think that I just think that like I I've actually abandoned all attachments to prime timeline and all that kind of bullshit altogether oh, because yeah. I don't really care anymore. You know I mean? <laughs> like, it's it's too much of a headache to think about. It's like it also impedes you from watching a show and enjoying it just as it is, you know what I mean? Like uh so personally like even though I would love for Star Trek, I think Fathery, I might be on your page now. Even though I would love for personally, I would love for Star Trek Discovery to figure it all out. If they don't, as long as it's a great story, as long as it like ends up being like something, you know, it, it, the show definitely needs to improve even more. 
but season two is such a huge improvement over season one and i that's why i jokingly say that it's a reboot and that like nothing you know nothing really matters from season one um and someone <laughs> someone else said that like most shows don't even get going until season three i think that like We're you know I what's that we're season four or see oh geez <laughs> talking about enterprise right <laughs> I get yeah, I guess so. So like I mean, I just think that I, I think that it, it was probably unfair of me to have like all these expectations, but also I can understand why I have them. Like I have a lot invested in Star Trek personally, like just from the perspective of like how many hours of my life I've given to it. So it's like I'm like super into the stories and I'm super into the continuity and things like that. But at the end of the day, like I'm starting to enjoy discovery a lot more despite itself. <laughs> and like, and like, I think that's, I think that's okay. I think it's cool that, that it, it's trying hard to make sense of things, but you know what you pointed out, PJ, it, it absolutely still needs to improve. Like there's definitely places where it's still doing a bad job or maybe an unclear job, but like so far it's been surprising me in ways where it's like a, a qualm. I might have like last season I had a qualm, and it wouldn't get answered. It didn't get answered at all, right? Like this season, I'll have a qualm, and like a couple of episodes later, they have like a reason, you know, like or an explanation for it. And what were you gonna say? No, well, kind of. I don't think they're gonna. Exp I don't know. It's 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 one of these shows that bombards you with so much technobabble and information, and the the writers are seriously, really, consciously coming, trying to come up for reasons for everything, and in that we get inundated with so much every time you watch an episode, especially when it's filled with techno babble, like this one and the previous one, uh, you glean you, you're still new. asking like, well, how is this possible? How is that possible? What? This doesn't make any sense. Okay. They might explain it. They might not. But then if you get two more good episodes after this, that don't explain anything that you, any of the concerns that you had in this particular episode, you kind of forget about it. But it's one of these shows, especially when you watch rewatch re uh, season one, you realize like they presented things that made no sense whatsoever and then just forgot about them. Like it's the D7 almost, that wasn't a D7? Yeah. Well, and, uh, it's, a, it's a small thing, but the breath print. The breath print was <laughs> one thing that was designed just to have Burnham go up to Tilly while she was snoring and sneak into the lab thing. When in a starship, you should be monitored everywhere you go. Your coordinates should be cataloged so that there's no chance of any like uh, sabotage and stuff. But like isn't that. it isn't it fair to say that they eliminated the breath print after Burnham duped <laughs> yeah, it? Like, yeah, it that's a good sure. point. Like, yeah, that's a stupid idea. We should get rid of that. You get yeah. rid well, of it. it is a science ship that has a bunch of experimental technology. So a lot of the weird stuff we see on Discovery, I, I try to excuse it as that. <laughs> as um, that, yeah. When they start doing these Star Trek spinoff shows and they have like really weird stuff there on things that aren't like a super high tech experimental science vessel, it's going to be harder to, to do that. But yeah. and, and if I really think about it, I just feel like, uh, you know, even with its flaws, like Discovery is still kind of doing a pretty good job because overall like i do feel like it's star trek and it has that feeling and it's like you know i mean like again like these there's a lot of like we can go right into the nitpick corner in every one of these episodes and find like probably like 20 to 30 things that like you know to talk about although by the way 
was that the D7 in the trailer for the next yes. episode? Oh my god. <laughs> like the proper D7 is coming up next episode. So that's cool. They're going to Borath, right? Is that what it's Yeah, called? that's what they said. Yeah. Bor- that's where uh where Tyler's uh kid is, right? Laurel and Tyler's kid is on Borath. You know what? Monastery. You know what they should do in that episode that they will 100% not do, even though it would be the smartest thing in the world. Father, you're going, that you're, you're going no, to, I, a, I heard. Okay. You're going to a different Klingon planet, correct? Yeah. Why not show another variation on the makeup that is more traditional to say that the Klingons on this planet look a little bit more like the ones you're used to. They won't do that. They'll have these big headed goblins or whatever the fuck. <laughs> That's that is what I would do though. I because Borath is like the monastery planet that you think Klingons from all over the Empire would go on pilgrimages to to go there. So I would have I would have like some uh disco goblin Klingons and I would have some uh TNG DS9 Voyager Enterprise looking Klingons, and then I would have like some TOS augment virus Klingons and just like, maybe just like stick them in the back. I would do the same thing with the Endorians, same things with, with the Tellarites. Just like, just show like there, yeah, there's like a whole lot of species diversity. That, and like- that, that would be really awesome. Actually. Like, I think that that wouldn't be a bad, th- like no one would be, uh, most people would just be pleased by that. Right. Like that's like something that I think that would be wonderful. I mean, it'd be like if someone came to earth and they saw like, an Australian Aborigine guy standing next to like a um, uh, um, an Inuit from uh, uh, Canada, and then you have like like I don't like a Dutch guy from Holland, and then a uh, like a guy from Ethiopia, and uh, a guy from um, Venezuela, and they're just like all like standing like like yeah, those are a lot of like really different looking humans, but I guess they're all the same species. I would just I would just like play it like that yeah. with the with the aliens. Yep. That's good. Um what about the where 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 did Dr. Burnham go? Because the suit got sucked back to 950 years in the future, but then she got sucked too. Like, what do you guys oh. <laughs> I think she's stuck That's... on her on her planet and her suit is it, broken. But I'm like her suit... did... oh. I'm just does that, does that bother you? I, yeah. I lost all interest. I think all interest. I'm not sure yet in this Red Angel stuff. Oh, it's so good though. The the, uh, yeah, like the mother daughter relationship. I'm, I'm jumping. I'm jumping right into this Borg theory now because at least they're giving us something different now that might lead into possibly the Picard series. That's just a loose speculation, but that's the opposite of where my headspace is because yeah, I really... you, you would hate that. I'm really worried about the Borg stuff. Yeah. And, and to me, it was like, I was fine with control and the red angel being like the, the, uh, what, what the whole season was leading up to. Yeah. Um, and now, we, we should talk about yeah. the Borg stuff in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, let's talk about it now. Well, can I, I just, <laughs> just want to say like one, one last thing about control about something PJ is bringing up about if it is the, the story we've seen so many times of the computer just being like the only way to have peace is to get rid of all the all the organic life, and I I, I would totally hate that if if the, if we don't get anything other than that. Uh, I I still think there's there's room to to give it more motivation, but if if not, then yes, I agree with you. That is terrible. That's cliche. We've seen that a thousand times. However, 
I do kind of like the idea of of control as the villain. Uh, I, I typically don't like the technophobic stories in sci-fi. They're like, oh, like this new technology is evil. It's going to destroy us all. I kind of hate that. But AI is something that's kind of really scary today. And also the surveillance state of uh, you know government agencies that are using technology to monitor everything we we do, every try and try and figure out everything we think. Uh, I love the idea of making uh, that the the villain in in Star Trek. I, I think it's a very topical, like Star Trek should be. So, there's a lot of people that make a lot of these jokes about that using older uh, Star Trek, like for example, uh, people uh, the Doctor being able to interrupt your holodeck program in Voyager and just pop into your holodeck program. Like someone's like Star Trek is a surveillance state. Like, <laughs> like why is the Doctor allowed to do this? You know, things like that. And it, it is it is interesting to to think of it that way. I do agree with what you're saying. Like definitely uh, Star Trek Discovery. I was wondering how it would fit into discussing relevant events. Not that like, you know, certainly like, you know, uh, injustice, inequality, uh, gender stuff, all that stuff is still relevant today and like definitely needs to be discussed. But there are so many more things that never existed before that are also really important uh, to talk about, like, you know, AI and, and, and its implications and stuff like that. Because we are truly closer to it now than we've ever been before. Science fiction is turning into uh to almost like you know reality in 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 many different ways so if y'all want to talk about the borg i have a good segue back into that i say you start it yeah go for (laughs) it i'm gonna say something that my my um podcast co-host dave mentioned that y'all can y'all can check this out in more detail on the the latest text rec podcast available today but he said that we have these section 31 groups with like the American CIA or like these intelligence organizations that often do uh, more harm than good and kind of create our own worst enemies. Like if we, if we topple a regime in another country and then there's a power vacuum and then someone else takes over and you get, you get like a brand new villain who is even worse than the people you were trying to defeat previously and that would kind of translate to Section 31 through their short-sightedness creating the Borg, if that is what they're doing. It, You know what I think is going to happen at the end? And spoilers if it's true, but who cares? Uh, <clears throat> there's going to be a battle with control. Either a, I think a part of control is going to be or the last remnant that they can't defeat or something or the only way to defeat them is to send them back through a wormhole. They go like thousands of years back into the Delta Quadrant. And, you know, at the time when uh, Picard in first contact went down and dealt with the Borg in that time, that led into the Enterprise episode Regeneration, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to get a signal from the Borg in that time and then become the Borg. Or like evolve into that eventually. It's such a or, grandfather or they, or they've paradox. Already, they've already been the Borg, and then they get a like a boot. Like this, this concept of a tech, uh, an AI, advanced AI coming back to speed up its itself, uh, itself, and all this. Yeah. Uh, well, it may give me a see, headache. It's 
because it's the kind of computation that only a computer could really do without getting yeah. a headache, right? Like, yeah, really, if, you yeah. about, if you think about <laughs> it, like that's the, and they, they even describe that in the season, uh, the, the, uh, the, um, Dr. Burnham says Spock's brain is the only one capable of like really understanding the kind of nuances of the timeline changes and all that stuff because of his, the he, way he's probably, he's probably literally the only vote half Vulcan human even though there are other half Vulcan humans right, with dyslexia, <laughs> but, but he's probably he, he, because they're so rare, he he's likely the only one with dyslexia. And because he's a bi-species uh, entity with dyslexia, it's plausible to think that maybe he has a, an understanding of something that would fry a normal human being or a normal Vulcan's mind. Right. That, completely. that like blend, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like that, you know, yeah. the, the ability to like get around the paradoxes and get around the conundrums that we, you know, like, as you can tell, like we're all like, uh, <laughs> but also a computer could do that. A computer could actually like compute like these things uh, and, and like exist outside of time, depending on how it works. I mean, if you watch Dr. Who, you're a little if if you've watched doctor who like really and gotten into it uh you kind of like start getting close to thinking that way like i still get confused but i i feel like oh you know i trust a little more but uh uh did pj just go away <laughs> are you there pj and are you there are you there fathery i'm i'm here i think he might have okay, muted cool. himself or, or something, something but, happened um, um what I wanted to say, though, uh, something that I found, uh, I, I'd like to wait for PJ to come back. So I guess to finish the thought that I was having there was that um, I do think that like Section 31 uh, is is like what what you described and or your co-host described, you know, with like going in and, and being short sighted and things like that. But, you know, it's very likely that the Borg were also defeated by control in the future. Like control, I think control is just something else altogether. And like, maybe that's why that could be an explanation as to why some of the technology resembles the Borg that, so the, so the control AI is like, well, what can I do? It searches its own data banks. And it's like, what can I do? That's going to like make me give me the ability to control this human. And so it just uses Borg technology. It knows it has Borg technology because it's from the future. Does that make any sense? Like, could that be plausible? Yeah. And they could, they could do this whole thing without ever mentioning the Borg. It would be ever, kind of yeah. weird because there's so many parallels and that was kind of, that's kind of the direction I was thinking at first, but the, the, the more I hear people talk about the, you know, the possible Borg connection, the, the one line that really I think might give it away is when uh, Control says to Leyland, struggling is pointless. Struggle, struggle is pointless. Yeah, struggle, yeah, struggle is pointless. Is pointless. It's, base, it's, base, it's, a, it's basically the same thing as, as resistance is futile. And they're like, right. if, if I was a discovery writer and I was trying to like hint at the, at the board, like this is something that like some of the fans might catch on to, I would write something like that. So you know, if, if they're not doing Borg stuff, and, and some people still deny this, and I understand they don't want to have this whole thing. Humanity is responsible for the Borg. Ah, oh, tired old shit. But if they're not doing that, then they are literally doing something much worse. They are ripping off Star Trek. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, 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 if seeing the nanoprobes go into Leland's body 
and seeing the veins that are reminiscent. They first did that in first contact, like started showing like the CG veins. And mm-hmm. then they continued that thing with a uh, Voyager and all this. W- then what are they doing? Well, they could, they could. If this is some trickery, that... I'm going to. While you I... were, where, wherever you were, while you were in limbo, we were talking about how like. I had to use the washroom. They... Sorry. I, I think I think he was uh, like when Leyland's face started messing up, and he had to go back at his room to yeah. maybe it was to regenerate his his nanites on his face. I think that's what PJ was doing. Gotcha, a PJ. <laughs> that's a funny. If, if, we, if we had walked <laughs> we in on him, he would have stabbed <laughs> us in the gut like, with, a, ah! with a shard. <laughs> but ah! PJ, uh, we were saying like, what if uh, in the future control destroys the Borg, adapts the best of its technology and then since part of controls ai did make it into the pass through arium or, or that probe now control has that knowledge of like oh well how do i control a human let me use this borg technology do you know what i mean yeah, that's, like, a, that's a great thing you bring up because remember that episode i i forget what i think it was uh episode seven i don't know it's one of the episodes where tyler and ash go on that trip into the thing and that probe from 500 years tyler and pike Tyler and Pike, right? You said Tyler, Tyler and, Ash. and Ash, which is true. They were both there. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so was Voke. Voke was there too. And so Voke was Voke, yeah. <laughs> when, when Pike and Tyler encounter that thing, that probe, that altered probe from the future, I was thinking there might be a Borg connection then. I mm. think I think in this iteration, it's it's all control. It has nothing to do with like Borg or nothing. But now it's almost like they're going to build up to where control is destroyed and the future that where nothing is wiped out is, is the compromise is where they, the, the Borg is created because it's been sent back so many years. I got a question. Or something like that, but it's, it's not, it's, it's, they don't know about it. They're not really, they don't know that they're responsible for that. And maybe that gets, gets figured out later when people in Picard's time say, figure out the Borg origin. Maybe Michael Burnham jumps into a future where she can figure out uh, what the Borg are and their connection to control. And that has something to do with the resolution to the series. Wild speculation. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. What year is the doctor's mobile emitter in Star Trek Voyager from like what, what century, what time period is anyone 27th century? I think the 27th I'm going to look that up. But the reason why I ask is the Voyager episode. Um, I think it was called one where we get that, uh, that super Borg. Yeah. Like seven of nine's kid, basically. Um, <laughs> he was so advanced partially because the uh, Borg technology from seven was using the future technology in the mobile emitter to make itself mm. even um you Smarter. know more, more advanced or than bat, like a typical borg and, and we see it like grow like those robotic tentacles that looked uh kind of like the probe squid in that episode of discovery so maybe that is like the technology from that time period so it says uh, memory alpha is the mobile emitters from the 29th century so that would be It'd actually be like six hundred years ahead of Discovery, and not the. And you bring up a great point. But... You bring up a great point about how this that that squiddy kind of imagery, yeah, is what we what we've 
seen before in First Contact and Voyager. In the you know, Matrix, where Picard is washing his face, and the thing pops out. Oh uh, yeah, see that the jump Every, scare. Like, people jumped. Pe- no, it was, yeah, like, yeah. The only jump scare in the movie. It was cool. Yeah, pe- people were freaked out. That that was a freaky movie at the time. Like th- that whole idea now is kind of played at like a dream within yeah. a dream type thing, but no one was expecting that. Just like that shot of like the the needle coming into Picard's eye, which was kind of like what happened to Leyland. I know, like, it was crazy. Oh, that's true. oh my God, it is the Borg. <laughs> there's the like Borg. no escape yeah, there's, from it. Oh, there's no escape from it. Um, question, what about, so Leland's out basically, he's dead, right? Like this, I mean, obviously we saw him sitting in, there's no, there's no. no coming back from. No, he, he's alive. No, but there's no coming back from this, right? It, like I mean, it's possible you get like all of the, like, the red angel could like shoot him with a tachyon beam and like fry all of the <laughs> control technology out of the system. <laughs> but I mean, his face was literally like open. Like it was like, like he's not human anymore. I don't think, I don't he, know. He, like, he managed to get beamed out at the last moment. Do you remember? Do you remember no, that? I know. Oh, sorry. What I meant is like he, like, uh, what I meant is like even before that, like when Control injected him with the nanobites. Oh, like, like the Leland like, himself is gone. Himself yeah. is gone, right? Like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. more Leland. Yeah. So that leaves us with that character's out of Section Thirty-One because I was wondering how he would play into the Section Thirty-One show. So it's suggested in this episode that it's going to be something between Ash. Do you think like Shazad and Michelle Yeoh are going are gonna to be the main characters in that show or like, do you know anything so. about no. it? No, I, I, I think they are. PJ, no. PJ, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> tell, tell us why you think we're wrong. I have a theory and it's been hinted at in this particular episode that Michelle Yeoh will sacrifice herself for Michael Burnham. Now, even though Michelle Yeoh's character, uh, Giorgio says, uh, you're confusing me with my uh, prime counterpart, and she's it's like, "No, weird I they know. say prime." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, like in Star Trek. Yeah, and, she, and she's like, "I, I, I, I know who you are," and she's hinting at Georgiou dying. So what I think is going to happen is Georgiou is going to die by the end of the season, or appear to die. And by the time the Section Thirty One show rolls around, which I don't think that show is going to happen. You really think I it's think, not gonna? You think that's get, like it was all hype? There hype are two. Sho- <laughs> there are two shows now that they've announced that have not been officially greenlit, and that's the Nickelodeon animated and the uh, the, the Section Thirty One show. But they both have and, like people working yeah, on them. Oh yeah, they're, they're they're writing a script for it. The script has to be approved for a, a series order. I personally don't think that's going to happen. I think the most logical thing that CBS All Access is going to do is say. Screw all that. Let's do a Pike Enterprise I series. So. I wouldn't mind that. That would be. I amazing. think the Section Thirty One show is going to be dropped in favor of. So if we actually do see Enterprise Bridge by the end, I think that's going to be something that was done last minute, not like months ago, like everybody thinks. So. Well, well, we do know that Anson Mount has is back in uh, Toronto. Record. He's he says he's doing ADR work, like um, you know, like re-recording lines or whatever but there's no reason why they couldn't be filming more scenes so who knows like it could, there's no it reason happen. to think that uh the some of the animated short treks might feature characters that we've seen in the show so oh yeah he could be doing a uh, voice work for that that's He's true that's doing true. Good point. adr like but but <clears throat> i i don't know if i'm gonna say that the section 31 show is not gonna happen because I don't. The, I don't care for it. Do you? 
Seriously? It's not what I would do. No, it's not what yeah. I would do at all. But I, I mean, I don't. I think that they like, I don't. Know, I don't see a whole show. Uh, Section Thirty One driving a whole show. It's just not what people. I think even not like new people tune into Star Trek for. Like, it's a great component for like to put into a Star Trek show. But like, as constantly running as following Section Thirty One, it reminds me of like that spinoff of Doctor Who Torchwood, where. Yeah. I like that though. I like Torchwood. I liked Torchwood too, but it kind of got old after a while. It's like this, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know it didn't that, last. The, go ahead. Last season where they come to America. Oh, that's very right. good. But other, other than that, I love Torchwood. Um, but I still think they're going to want to do the Section 31 show because Michelle Yeoh is so uh, popular. Like a lot of people, a lot of people like love her. I know like some more old school Trek her, yeah. fans I know that don't, the, don't like not... the character, but she... Like a lot of a lot of a lot of the, like the newer fans seem to really love her. The actress is very enthusiastic about doing the show. Alex Kurtzman said it was her idea, um, and I, CBS All Access I think really does want to have Star Trek on year round because that is probably the only time they have a lot of people subscribed is when there's new Star Trek on. So I right. think they're they're going to have enough shows where there's if not every week, at least every month, there's going to be some Star Trek content. They'll want people to be subscribed every month of the year. Uh, That being said, I would much rather have a Pike, Spock, number one Enterprise TV show. That seems weird to me because you would have Discovery and this other show, like both about a ship in the same time period. They'd be like very similar. However, I just love hey, Anson Mount. Yeah, I, I, I love Anson Mount as as Pike so much. I love Ethan Peck as Spock so much. Yeah, I great. really, 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 really want to see more Rebecca Romaine as number one. Um, I, I hate that we yeah, only got like really, one scene with I her. I was really surprised, like with the she's coming I back. Mean, like they, I, they've she has gotta, to be back at the end, right? Yeah, we got, we got to see the Enterprise again. <laughs> PJ saying no. PJ says us no. Um, what about? <laughs> So how did you guys feel about Dr. Culber like being kind of back in the uniform and so to speak does he does it feel right like does it feel like he's now like did the transition from like lost souls to like finding himself again like feel good to you guys or what It was really non non-eventful with him <laughs> He just explains to Michael you you know Pike wants to I mean Dr. Burnham wants to speak to Pike but not to you Michael and then he beams up for some strange reason to explain the exact same thing to Michael again. <sighs> well, maybe he had other shit to do on the ship. That's why he beamed up. He's got more important things to deal with than beam up just to tell Michael again what he just told her. Maybe he and beamed up because it was like the end of his shift and he was ready to go to bed. Can I say something about that set that they have down on the planet? That's one of the most beautiful sets I've ever seen in Trek. Every angle uh, that is filmed in that set is just that beautiful. where that warehouse place, yeah, whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah, That's wasn't nice. that also? It felt like it was also the uh, the Hiawatha set. I feel like that was some of it was with the columns and stuff like that. It reminded the Hi- me of the Hiawatha, Hiawatha was a redress of the of the mess hall, I believe. Oh uh, no, like, no, no, like, I mean like the like the part where like everything's falling oh, and like Burnham's running, baby. like it just felt like that it was could have been same. off green screen. I don't know. Yeah. But there was, a physical set, there was a physical set that they used, I believe, that they filmed in a factory. 
Mm. Like yeah, they, did with, does they, they like use that trick in uh, the J.J. Abrams movies where they would use it yeah, like the they ships. use the brewery for the engine room. It's true. I kind of like I, I like my it, but I... dying here, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn off the camera and okay, plug my cool. phone in. All right. Well, we're all we're coming to the close to so try to uh, try to hang in there. But I just wanted to say that uh, I like the line at the end where Spock says, "Respectfully, Doctor Burnham was incorrect. Now does matter. What happened before no longer exists. What will happen next has not yet been written. We have only now. That is our greatest advantage. What we do now, here in this moment, has the power to determine the future. Instinct and logic together." That is how we will defeat control in the battle to come. We will find a way. All of history can change with our next move. And I think that describes uh, really well what Star Trek Discovery is, just period. Like, it's like, don't worry too much about, like, what's going to happen. It's, you know, it is all going to, like, how, you know, stop worrying about how it's going to tie into TOS and all that stuff. And, like, just forget about what happened before, because obviously Dr. Burnham's been fucking with the timeline. So, like, focus on, like, what's going on right now in the moment. And I, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, it's such a Star Trek ending, just like that, that optimism of, like, like yeah. you know, we, we can do this. We can make this happen with, right. with logic and instinct. And the... The whole episode, I feel, was a giant showcase of Star Trek Discovery doing what it does best as a TV show. You know, th this is the Star Trek show that always leans into, like, the the, the hard-hitting drama. I think we get that. It always tries to go for, like, the big emotion. I think we get that. It tries to do uh, super cool, spectacular action. I think we get that. Um, it was it to do too much. What? Okay. I think By the way, you're to too much. Uh, yeah, it does. It does bite off more than it can chew sometimes. But I think this is an example of Discovery actually, like, like achieving everything and set, setting itself out PJ, to do. PJ, your lighting is exactly like the planet, like the the, the thing in this episode. Yeah, like you, you, have the... you look like you're in Star Trek Generations. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Time is a is a predator. <laughs> yeah. Some of that, some of that, uh, time talk in this episode reminded me a lot of Star Trek Generations. But, um, and I so do far, kind of so far in Discovery, destiny is a real tangible thing that they've they've acknowledged, and now time is a living entity that that it kind of like has that time machine rule where that guy tries to save his wife over and over again. But she keeps getting, she keeps dying. It's like time pulls you into a, in a, into a certain path, or the universe into a certain path, and like destiny is a real thing. And I believe that this iteration of Star Trek, or in the last ten years, has gotten into kind of like a mystical kind of like fantasy mentality, and they they've kind of like drifted away from hard science. And now they can just explain any contrivancy with Technobabble. And I'm not, like, mad at that. I just I would hope that going forward they would be a little more hardcore with their science and not have Spock say stupid shit like, uh, I, I like, like science. science. I'm sorry. And have I like Burnham say, Hamlet, <laughs> hell yeah. It's like, Hamlet, that, that I was like weird. Patrick like, Rye, sweet, bro. Um, like, um, uh, what did you guys think of, like, uh, hints giving uh, Pike a hint of what's what his destiny is, so to speak. That was uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> PJ, PJ's like, nope, hated it. <laughs> Here's the problem with Burn, uh, Burnham's mother. Would, 
how if if she's going forward in the timeline in which control takes control of everything, then how is she seeing uh, Pike's accident when that wouldn't have been the course of events that would transpire if control succeeded? The time the, traveler. The actual timeline. The true timeline that leads into Kirk is the one where control is defeated. If this happens to be some alternate thing all along, I'm done. I'm out. Time time travelers are the only one. So from from Doctor, so it actually works only because Doctor Burnham's perspective is the one, like not necessarily the correct timeline, but what she's trying to do is preserve her timeline. Does that make any sense? Because she's the time no. traveler. Time like, travel stuff never makes any sense, dude. Never, it, never, never. It's a hard thing to like understand, but it's true. From the person, the only person who knows about what's happening, period, is the person. So that's kind of like why yeah. Leland is so afraid of Dr. Burnham is because she has a perspective of time that no one else has. Like even even control isn't time traveling except for by accident through that like you know the probe that came through the you know through the the distortion or whatever um oh one thing we didn't talk about that i do think we have to touch on is why doesn't she know about the signals and so then what the fuck is going on with the signals so, so i think what will happen is michael burnham will get a repaired red angel suit or like the red angel suit from before right. he got destroyed or something i think i think dr burnham will somehow have to like put herself back into the timeline and she'll like go back to the night that the Klingons attacked and she will get killed and little kid Michael will hear it from behind the closet door, but the suit will be in adult Michael's hand. Even Leland, because even Leland says he saw the body. You're absolutely yeah. right about that. So I, then I, I think, I think the, the suit will be in adult Burnham's hands and she'll like go back. She'll be the one who like sets up the, the red burst signals. She'll be the one who gives Spock the, the vision of the red bursts and she'll, do something else that that leads to them defeating control and and that'll be where all that stuff is going oh oh and it will also explain why the brain scan looked like a hundred percent match to her and not her mother fascinating what about how do you think it's all going to tie into the uh the Abathwa tribe, which gathered to share the story of a girl who dug her hands in the wood ash and threw it into the sky to create the that Milky story Way. has to be myth because it's before recorded history. So I think, yeah, you know. uh, I have not thought of that since uh, like January when that episode aired. So I've forgotten all about that. Um, but maybe but Michael Burnham. Michael Burnham goes back in time and she creates the Big Bang. Okay, that's what it is. Oh, God, that will piss so many people off. <laughs> and she, she, she like elevates and becomes God. And it'll be like, oh, like when Mirror, when Mirror Universe Stamets was like, God is real. And she's very mad at you. And it'll be like, like Michael Burnham is God. And like all, it shows like all other Star Trek characters. You have like Kirk, Picard, Riker, Khan, Cisco, Gold Ducat, the Borg Queen, Janeway, like everyone I, I in Star Trek. And they all bow down to God, Michael Burnham. I only brought that up because you said that Burnham might be responsible for the signals. And in that same monologue, she says, when I first heard the story of the girl who made the stars, I wasn't ready to understand. I still don't know if I am. So she's literally making stars in the galaxy, right? Like, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going insane with my theories, but um, 
right, so. <laughs> is that is that all we got? Does does anyone have anything yeah. else? I think we should wrap it up. Any final statements and then your ratings? I'll go first with my ratings. Sorry, guys. Ten. <laughs> I really like. I really like. I just love really loving this season a lot. Like I have to, you know. I I am not. I'm not disacknowledging the flaws i'm just saying that i don't give a shit about the flaws that's what it is okay and i'm really enjoying it so i want to throw off all the ratings on my show by giving it tens <laughs> i would get i would give it a 6.5 i knew you were gonna because... say that i almost said that i was like pj's gonna give it a six and a half but... because what, what it's, it's actually not a bad episode in parts but it's just so uh Discovery is the only show where the, you get these episodes that are very intriguing and fascinating and all of this. And then there's just like this dumb shit that they don't bother to explain at the time it needs to be explained. I understand we may get that like a few episodes down or something like that. But like you, you know, you could have done an entire episode where Michael Burnham's just going through her mother's logs and we could have got like all the answers in the one shot. But it's there's all this other stuff with Leland and all that, which is cool. I like that they're doing like this this Borgy kind of stuff. I'll go, I'm gonna be pissed if they don't follow through on that because then I think they would be ripping themselves off. But it's a weird episode. It's mixed with a lot of good. There's some great acting between uh, Sonia, who plays like Doctor Burnham. Uh, what's her name? Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Gabriel. two. Two people in Burnham's life that were very important, Gabriel Lorca and uh, Gabriel, her mother. Uh, Michael and Gabriel are names of archangels. Like, it's it's a little pretentious. You know what I mean? It's a little up its own Nevertheless. Ass. But it, it, those acting, like, Sonequa Martin-Green is, like, really improved. And you have, like, great dramatic moments between characters. And another thing, the Spike, a Spike, Pike, <laughs> Spock and Spike. Spike. <laughs> even though he's kind of like an unsure captain, you can kind of attribute that to that. Like, this is not his ship. And he's constantly saying, like, give me solutions. I don't know what to do. Like, I, that's fine. But even though I, like, I have a problem with the way certain characters are written, I love all the actors. And uh, I love the production value that goes into it. So a lot of good things about this episode. And a lot of unanswered questions that are really frustrating. So that's all I have to say about that. Well, I actually really loved this episode. Um, I think it's my my second favorite of the season. The uh, the favorite being, of course, uh, if memory serves, or we visit Talos for um, that. That was Star Trek Discovery doing being the show that i wanted it to be that it has like a bunch of like ties into the 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 lore and stuff like that um this episode like i said earlier was uh, to me it was star trek discovery doing what it does best um i do agree there are some unanswered questions but i'm still i'm looking at this as a you know like a chapter in in a book and i'm on chapter 11 of 14 right the so questions may yeah we yeah, can't assume they won't be answered right i hope hopefully the next 3 chapters can uh, get me there, and if, if not, it's just kind of a problem with the book overall, not the specific chapter. I'm going to yeah. give it an, an 8 out of 10. Woo! Wowzers. So what does that, what does that bring the average to? I hey. think we could settle on a 7.5 or 8. Hey, Google, 
What is the, <laughs> is the average of 10, 8, and 6.5? Oh, hang she's on. not gonna cooperate. Siri does, Siri does it. Hey Siri, what is the average of ten, eight, and six point five? The average of ten, eight, and six point five is about eight point one six six six. Eight point one six six six. So we'll give it. We'll give it an eight. <laughs> Obviously, my AI is better than your AI. No, they're gonna they're gonna combine together and become control. That's true. <laughs> All right, so an eight it is. Uh, anything uh, about next episode that you're excited about from the trailer? Like the, the uh, Klingon D seven. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to owning the Eagle Moss model. Uh, I, I'm all about the the D seven. It'd be cool if we see some some other classic Klingon designs. Maybe like some old school Klingon uniforms. Some old school Klingon disruptors. Maybe even like a old school smooth head Klingon. I'm not gonna hold my breath for that last one, but I, I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing the the D7 in action. Awesome! And PJ, anything about next week's episode that you uh, fancy? Uh, hope it seems to hint at a showdown between Discovery and many Section Thirty One ships. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Excellent. Yeah, there was like all of the uh, there was that line about all those uh, ships being Section Thirty One ships. That's right. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on to talk track with me. And uh, I think this episode was uh, of Starfleet Boy was an exciting one. We had a lively discussion, really good stuff. Uh, live long and prosper, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace.